everyone, it's Gloria, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 2 of Misfit Independent. Today's episode is all about setting financial goals. I'm joined by Bev, the creator of Bacon and Heels, a blog whose goal is to help women of color take control of their finances and gain independence. We chat about understanding your values to set financial goals that work for you, strategies to keep on track, celebrating your wins, and more. Hope you enjoy. I am here today with Bev of Bacon and Heels, a financial literacy blog, and we are going to be talking about setting financial goals and achieving them. So thank you so much for joining me today. Why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Wonderful. Hello, everybody. And Gloria, thanks for the invitation. Super exciting to be here. My name's Bev. I uh, run this blog, as you mentioned, called Bacon and Heels. And it's really a blog for um, women um, to really take control and understand more about how they spend, why they spend, and how they could save and invest. So I'm um, in Montreal. Um, I'm a marketing manager full-time. So that's my full-time job. So I do that by day and by night. I am blogging and researching and connecting with women across Canada and for that matter around the world about money. Awesome. And do you have a fun fact about yourself? <laughs> fun fact? Was a, I guess I have one fun fact. I know how to juggle. Oh, <laughs> that's, that is a fun fact. <laughs> Oh, yeah, cool. I just learned it one day. We were hanging out and decided, you know, wouldn't it be interesting to juggle? And we just started playing around with some some lemons and balls and stuff. And now we know how to do it. So it's good. That's a fun fact. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great party trick to have. <laughs> <laughs> and what is your relationship with money? My relationship with money is uh, very, I think, very good. It's really been built... Um, from my parents, I, I, I got a great understanding at a very young age about what money is, how money works, the power of having money and not having money. And my parents really instilled in myself and my sister um, saving, investing, um, managing money. Uh, and I think that really built my relationship with it today where it does not control me. I control it. Mm hmm. And I think that's so important because I think that having that distinction, knowing that you can make your money work for you is so important and can change your life for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So today's topic is setting financial goals and achieving them. So let's start off and talk about what financial goals are. You know, and this is a great question because it means so many different things to different people. For some folks, it could be saving, saving to buy a house, saving to buy a car, saving to, to um, go to university or, or have an extended um, higher educational degree. Um, financial goals could be perhaps something that you are looking to do to help you, such as I'm only going to spend $100 this week, right? So really just wherever you are in your life, on your financial journey, it all depends on, on uh, where you are and what you are doing, what's important for you, the actual person managing your money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that taking account of what you want in life and determining what your values are, I think would be a great help to setting some financial goals. 
So like you mentioned, there's saving targets, spending targets, and investing targets as well. And I think that the investing target is interesting because you can say, oh, like I want to put aside, I don't know, $100 every month to invest in my TFSA. And that could be an awesome goal to have as well, because then you can watch your money grow. Exactly, exactly. And it could be absolutely anything you would like. It could be an investing target to start an RSP. So you're going to put money aside and do dollar cost averaging every month and invest into a specific ETF in your RSP. Or to your point, really putting in money every month to your TFSA. So saving, spending, investing, they're all different targets and they all mean different things to different people. Mm -hmm. Let's get into setting financial goals. The nitty gritty of how you actually do this, because I think that the word financial goal can be a little bit daunting to some if they don't really know where to start. Exactly. So let me start with an easy one. Well, I I think it's easy. (laughs) The savings target. Mm -hmm. So one of the best things I believe people can do is really have a budget. And I know it's not sexy to say the word budget. So I like to call it a spending plan. And what this means is you you know how much money comes in a month. You could really on an Excel spreadsheet, really look and see, okay, I have X coming in every month. I want to save Y. Okay, great. How am I going to do this? By having that goal in your head, or more importantly, on a piece of paper that you see every day or on that that Excel spreadsheet could really help you in determining and making sure that you are being accountable to yourself, making sure that you are actually doing what you are planned to do. And one thing people always ask me is, oh, I always try to set financial goals, you know, on January the 1st. And even though that's great, We all know like 30 days later after January the 1st, a lot of goals that were set actually fall to the wayside. Mm -hmm. What I think is interesting is you could set a financial goal any day, any moment. If you decide today in April, what is it today? The 3rd of April that you want to start saving X amount of money and you want to get it done by Christmas, then that's how you could start. It doesn't need to be a specific day of the year. Every day is another opportunity to start setting financial goals. Absolutely. And what's an example of a financial goal that you have? One of my uh, large goals this year is to invest more and leverage my TFSA to buy uh, stock. Mm -hmm. So as you know, a TFSA is a tax-free savings account. We're allowed to have uh, stock within those accounts. And what I find interesting is all the interest money gains that we would get in that is tax-free. So my goal this year is to have a robust a uh, number of key blue chip and some really hip and cool new companies that I've been following um, in this TFSA. Yeah, that's awesome. And one thing to note is that dividends from U.S. companies will actually get taxed. And if you have losses that you like capital losses that are not realized yet. So, for example, if you had purchased GME at like $100, $300. And now it's like back down to, I don't know how much it's back down to like $30. Those losses don't add to your contribution room. That's money exactly. that you've lost. Exactly. It's it's done. And I know it's 
I, for me, I see it as a teeny weeny risk. Mm-hmm. I find it very exciting to be letting my money work for me. I, I really see it as an as a way to leverage the funds that I work hard to to make, and then. The goal is while I'm sleeping, the money's actually working for me. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. And one of my financial goals is to also invest more. I'm trying to increase my percentage of income that I invest every single month. Yeah, so that's something that I'm planning on getting around to, just figuring out how much more I can afford every single month to invest and determining what my contribution room is and to see which accounts I should invest into. And you know, you don't have to do it all in one go. Yeah. You could, let's say you're doing 10% now, maybe you raise it to 12 then you raise it to 14. You, may, you don't need to go, for example, 10 to 20% in one shot. Mm-hmm. You have that flexibility to choose and adjust it to suit your lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's just about sitting down and, and looking at my bank account and inflows and, and outflows and then just making a percentage that's reasonable for me. Exactly. I love it. Why should people set financial goals? Oh, great question. I think without goals, and it could be anything, a goal to learn how to bake a cake, a goal to finish school, a goal to, I find goals really have the ability to make you accountable. Having a goal to be financially accountable to yourself is really important. And again, it doesn't need to be this huge, crazy number, just something that's meaningful to you. And I've Trust me, once you hit that goal or even get very close to that goal, you will be more empowered to do it again and do it again. And as we age and grow and move forward in life, your future self, I always say this, your future self will thank your present self because you took that extra step to do something unique for you, by you, for you. A hundred percent agree with this. And I think that if you set a lot of small goals and you've reached those milestones, then it'll make you feel really good about yourself. And like you said, it'll encourage you to continue to set those goals and achieve them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what better success when you look in the mirror and say, wow, this is done. Exactly. Check mark off my list. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so now let's talk about ways to set goals to ensure success. For example, writing it down and writing it down mm-hmm. in a specific way. The one thing I do, and people may, may may laugh or giggle, I like to see that goal in front of me daily. So on my mirror in my bathroom, I have a post-it note. And on that post-it note, I have my goal. You know, don't forget to invest in, let's say it's Right now, I have four more companies I'm saving up to put in some stock in for that TFSA. Those four tickers are on that post-it note on my mirror. Every single day, I see it. And for me, it's powerful. I'm in the bathroom a couple of times a day, brushing my teeth, washing my face, putting on you know a face mask, and you see it every single day. You could also put it on your desk, put a goal specifically on your phone, make it the um, screensaver on your computer, anything that you get to see it every day. Things that you see every day, things that are measured, always get the most attention. You could think about something and then you, oh yeah, 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 I'll I'll do it later. And then you put it away 
in your mind, it's nowhere to be seen. That does not lend to people actually doing something. That's why it's so important to put it in a place physically that you could see. Yeah, that's so important. And it's kind of similar to manifestations, right? It's like, I am blank or I have blank. And these are all things that you want, but you phrase it in a way that you already have it. And then you repeat it multiple times a day. And apparently the universe will make it happen because you believe that it's happening already. Years ago, there was this video that came out. It was so popular. And I mean, it's a while ago. It was a book a woman wrote called The Secret. You can download it online, I'm sure. And in that, she it was nothing groundbreaking, but how they put it together and like the, it was a beautiful video. But there was one line where the person said, whatever you spend the most mm-hmm. time thinking about doing comes true, right? The person who has, for example, uh, you have a pain in your knee and it's bothering you every single day. All you think about all day is that pain, that pain. That is your focus. That's all you think about. And I think whatever you focus on, that's what expands and that's what grows. So same with this, you know, you would like to save for a house. So you need to know what that down payment number is. And the more you think about that, okay, I'm going to save this. I'm going to cut this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. That is going to start really moving forward. I really believe that. Yeah, absolutely. Another point is to think about your bigger goal, and then figure out smaller ways and smaller milestones to get to that goal. So like your example of saving for a down payment for a home, like that amount could be many hundreds or like a hundred thousand dollars, like at least, I mean, in the GTA. And, (laughs) and then that just seems really daunting at the beginning. So it could be like, I want to save $10,000 in one year and then break that down into monthly payments to yourself as well. I And beautiful example. I completely agree. When we look at the big number, it's overwhelming. But mm-hmm. once you break it down by week, by day, by month, then it becomes more manageable. Then you, you, you get empowered. Okay, it's only a couple hundred bucks a month or a couple thousand a month. I could do this. I'm going to cut cable, for example. I'm going to stop going to restaurants. I'm going to increase my revenue by picking up a side job on Fiverr. There's a whole bunch of things you can do when you really cut it down to bite-sized, manageable pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. So one other thing that I wanted to point out was... In elementary school, I learned about setting SMART goals, and I never really knew the power of setting SMART goals until I actually put it to use Mm -hmm. and was like, wow, this is actually really, like, there's a reason why they teach this to us in in our childhood. So SMART stands for specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and timely. Mm -hmm. And that all ties into what we've been speaking about with your um, investment goal. It's like specific because you have the tickers that you want and then measurable, you have like a certain amount, achievable because it's an amount that you can afford. Exactly. Relevant because it has relevance to you and your ultimate financial goal of trying to increase your investments in your TFSA 
mm-hmm. and timely because I'm sure you have a time frame for yep. when you invest. I love it. And I think that is something that could be reused yearly, daily, monthly, any goal that you have, smart goals. I really am with you, believe that that is an easy, and again, you break it down, right? It's it's taking that big daunting task Mm -hmm. dollar value and breaking it down to a way that's easier to understand and measure and then achieve. Absolutely. Now let's talk about tracking your progress. I guess the level of detail that you like to use and the frequency. Yes. So for me, um, so like I mentioned before, if you just write it down, I don't, I don't care if it's on a piece of paper on your phone somewhere that you could see it daily, I think it's it's really good. So here's an example. A friend of mine was talking about how she's looking to um, use only cash for doing projects. So she's started using cash envelopes and she would write down, okay, I have, I don't know, hundred bucks in my cash envelope, but I'm going to make sure that my discretionary income, like my fund money comes out of there. And what's interesting about that is on that envelope, she writes down, okay, this week I have a hundred bucks on Monday and I'm going to spend 20 bucks this week on specific food or doing something fun, something that she sees every day. She likes to write it down. And I think that's a great opportunity to see it every day. Again, make it measurable, make it specific. And you see it often that really lends to you being accountable to yourself. Yeah. Like when you check your progress, you can write down and make it into a habit of checking your separate bank account that you have for a certain savings goal, for example, or checking your investment account. Absolutely. One of the my favorite books that I read years ago, it's by uh, David Bach, The Automatic Millionaire. And that was one of the the teachings he had was you get an X amount of money every two weeks or however you you get paid and just automatically set a rule with your bank. You can do it online or if you you go into the bank, do it there as well. Every time you get paid, you pay yourself first and that money gets pulled out of, for example, your checking account and goes into a separate bank account. And what I like about that idea is you don't have to think about it every day. You make the rule, you you set in the days that you're being paid, and then the computer automatically moves X amount of dollars from checking account A into savings account B. And what I like about that is you forget that you're actually doing that. You know the other mm-hmm. account is there, the money is growing, and then, whoops, my goodness, a couple of months later, holy moly, look how much money is in this other account. And I think one of the great things about doing something like that is ensuring that you cannot access that account online. Oh. Just to be sure that you don't you don't make a little mistake and say, well, I can just pop into that and take out, you know, a couple hundred, a couple thousand bucks. Mm-hmm. If you physically need to go into the bank to get that money, you won't do it. Can you do that with your bank accounts? Like you can set up a bank account that you can't access online? So this was a few years ago. I did that. I have to see if they're still doing that. I know you could certainly do that. So we need to figure out how that could be. And maybe you just have to call them up or, or send them in a chat email and ask. But there are ways that you could really ensure that you, again, are being accountable to you. And if you know 
that you may slip and say, oh, I'm just going to go in there for a little bit, take out some money. This is a little small barrier that you're putting on to yourself, a little guardrail that can ensure that you're keeping true to your goal. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's really interesting. I had never even thought about that. So next, let's talk about celebrating your wins. We've talked a lot about setting goals and checking off milestones, but I think it's also really important to talk about celebrating yourself when you've hit one of those milestones and when you've hit your financial goals. I could not agree with you more. And it doesn't mean you're going to go crazy and like book a trip to Tahiti to celebrate. (laughs) But it could be something as small as, you know something, I'm going to get a really nice spread today of sushi. I'm going to Mm -hmm. really celebrate that I've saved X amount. I'm going to buy the sushi cash, of course. And then um, (laughs) I'm going to really celebrate it. And it could be something as big or small as you would like, but really marking that milestone is key. I remember when a good friend of mine paid off her house early, like super early, she had a mortgage burning party and she just called over. This is before COVID. She called over about, I think we're 12 or 10 gals to her house. And we had this big discussion about how she paid off her mortgage early and what she did to get there. And her her celebration was getting her closest gals together to share in that excitement. And what she wanted to do is she got the letter from the bank that said, congratulations, it's paid. She obviously took a photocopy of it and she literally burned it. And that was her thing. She (laughs) literally burned it to say, I'm done with you. The house is now mine. And uh, that was her little jumping up and down for herself. And she did that herself. It was great. Really a good, a good moment. Oh my gosh. Wow. I love that. I love just the, the imagery of that and just the symbolism of just burning that that letter. It was great. Do you have any tips and tricks for achieving your financial goals that may be surprising to listeners? It's a good question. Um, For me, again, I I think we we talked about them earlier, you know, writing things down, making yourself accountable, really checking out your bank. If you could put that money in there that you can't access, you have to physically go into the bank to get. I think those would be the couple that I really, um, really focus on. And, you know, one thing that people don't talk about a lot is they don't talk a lot about money with their friends and family and what they're doing. And sometimes it could be helpful to share what you are doing with your friends and tell them, listen, you know, I can't do this this month or this week. I'm really saving. Maybe you could help me and encourage me why we could do something together. We're each going to save for a down payment for, you know, each of our houses, but we keep each other accountable. Just, I'm not saying share all your financial business with everybody, but there's going to be one or two people that you could share and really talk about. I'm really on this journey. Let's talk about it. Let's let's be open about it. I think that's also could be a nice way to really help you achieve your goal because you have somebody else cheering you on, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just you by yourself. You have somebody else really being a cheerleader for you and, and helping. And I think that that moral support is also very important. A hundred percent. I completely agree with that. We've talked a lot about self-accountability, but having other people hold you accountable brings a whole other level to it because you don't want to let them down. You don't want to let yourself down. And I think that it could be really powerful to helping you achieve your goals. I agree. 
Do you have any suggestions of resources that people can tap into to help them set and achieve their financial goals? Yeah, there's tons of information out there. Again, financial goals, settings, direction, it's very personal. Find a blog. You can go to my blog if you like. I have calculators that are on there that you could help you drive things forward. You could download them free. Everything's free, of course. Budget that you could see and track for yourself. Really just look for help online. There's tons of places like even this this podcast where just really being able to be here and have these conversations with people because I think it's not just a one-stop shop. You don't just go to one place and you get everything that you need. It's really about getting information from a variety of different places. And then you take that and you massage it and suit that for you, for your needs. Absolutely. Also, if there's information that you're not really able to find on the internet, for example, if you have a large debt burden that you're trying to pay off and you need specific help that's specific to yourself, credit counselors can be of help and also financial advisors. Mm-hmm. Yes. The first step would be go to your bank and talk to somebody. It costs you nothing to have a conversation. Maybe it'll cost you an hour. Go and speak with somebody who is related to a bank. Um, and not necessarily their job is to sell you a mutual fund. They want to learn more about how they could help you as well. Maybe you don't need a mutual fund. Maybe you need a connection that they have that they could help you with. Like you were saying about credit counselors, um, the more conversations you have, the better, the better. Mm-hmm. Go online, go to your bank. Um, if you're working and at work, there is a financial plan. Ask your, your work person. Um, who runs that. Typically, that's in the HR department. If there's a plan that you guys have at work, ask them, can you please speak? Who could you reach out to at that fund manager or that organization that, that could help you? Really, it's about the more conversations you have, I really believe, the more information you will get. And then you can really sit down with yourself and say, okay, this is how I can move forward on whatever my financial goal is. And remember, we talked about having a friend or a family member to share with. A lot of information I've learned over the years has been from my dad, has been from my dad, my mom's friends who are, you know, older than us. They've been around the block before. They have ideas. They have experiences that they're imparting on the younger generation that could really help us learn from their mistakes, learn from their wins, and that could also help shape um, your financial journey. And are there any books you'd recommend on the topic? I know you mentioned The Automatic Millionaire and also The Secret. Are there any other books that you thought were very helpful to you? Absolutely. One of them that I loved, and I still have it here, it's called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, I forget the gentleman's name who wrote it, but if you write that in Rich Dad, Poor Dad, um, Amazon. I think it was Robert Kiyosaki. Yes. Good memory. Very nice. Yes. He, um, I read that book in university and, um, wow. It was really interesting to see how people think about money. And it got me thinking about, oh, I can make this money work for me. So that was a really uh, a pivotal book in my financial education. Mm Mm-hmm. That's something you could get online. Please just do. I know, or you can get it used. Go to your library if you get it from your library. 
just um, have a read. Yeah. The library is such a great resource. Love the library. So what's a money mistake that you've made and what have you learned? So you know, one, one thing I did is I spoke with a friend of mine years ago about buying some stock and he discouraged me to buy it because he didn't think it was appropriate and he had more experience than I did, but I bought it anyway. And when I bought it, I got nervous when it was doing very, very well and I sold it. And if I would have just held on to that for a little bit longer, I would have tripled my money. And I really thought ah, fear got to me. And because this other person who was a friend, a good guy, he just was like, oh, you know, you've already made your money. You should get out. You know, don't be greedy. And I really, my own body was telling me, it's okay, Bev, you can do it. But that little, you know, noise in my ear, he dissuaded me. So my money mistake, what I learned is trust yourself. Always go get information from other people. Of course, like I said, the more information you can get, the better. At the end of the day, you are the one that's in control. And if you made the mistake after you, somebody told you to do something or not do something, fine, you learn from it, but to be in more control. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and have it be your decision in the end, really. Yeah, exactly. If people want to find you on the internet, where can they find you? Yeah, so my blog is called baconandheels.com. And I can be found on Instagram at bacon underscore and underscore heels. And that's just a great place to chat, hang out, learn about money. And I'm also looking to learn from other people as well. So it's always a a nice two-way street. Awesome. Thanks so much for your time, Bev. That brings us to the end of our show. Thanks again for coming on the show and chatting. My pleasure. Anytime. It's really a pleasure. Thank you so much. As the aspiring Miss Independent, this is Gloria signing out. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. And if you're using Apple Pods, please toss me five stars. It would help me so, so much. So see you next time. Until then, stay healthy and grow wealthy.